0: So anyway, if you have your Bibles with you, we're going to be turning into the book of Romans. I feel like we've been in Romans a lot in all of Keith's sermon. I I even had a sermon in it. But we're going to be in Romans chapter 9, starting with uh, verse 31. And Mom, we're going to be reading from 31 to 39. And I'll tell you um, what it takes for me to be able to find this. I just opened the book and it landed on this. So apparently God made it easier for me. In fact, I have to work now. I I don't have the leisure to be able to be retired. And I have to work and study. And I was telling Dad before we started, it's like, you're never ready enough. You're not. I I think every preacher will say that. And I would tell you from my own experience in the Philippines where I'm practically preaching almost every day, I was still never ready enough. In fact, I was so preoccupied on the planning for the trip that I had less time to be able to plan for the actual study for the trip. And I tell myself, I'm going to do it on the plane. If you have ever flown on an international flight for 24 hours, nothing gets done. Trust me, you do not want to do anything. You'd rather just watch a movie, and you ain't going to watch the whole movie. You will fall asleep halfway. Nothing gets done when you're up in the air. Well, that's how it is. Uh, but when we got when we got to the Philippines, we finally, yeah, like last year, we didn't get get any rest. But when we got into it, finally had finally found our moment of rest, and then was able to uh, get caught up. But you're never ready. You're not ready enough. And I tell you, there's men who's greater than me, who knows more than I do in the Bible. Then I can even comprehend on what they know, but at the same time I'm going to do God's will to be a minister on what he has called me to do Amen. so I'm going to be in Romans chapter nine and this is coming on the uh, the forefront of I don't know the forefront of that word but with everything that's going on right now I've said this before the devil has done its job on making this country as divided as it is now. It is nothing but the works of the devil. That's why it's so divided. Believers, all you can do is pray that God will persevere you. I know it's going to start sound a little unpatriotic and it's not intended that way, but if the country goes in a more declined way, all you could do is pray that God will preserve you. And then justice, justice will come. But it may not come in our lifetime. It may just simply be at the very last day when the great white judgment throne is set up. And that's a lot of issues that a lot of people is messing up. They're thinking justice has to happen now. And there's a lot of evil in this world where justice has never been passed. And they die before they even receive justice. But that's the thing. They will receive their just reward when they receive it in heaven. And it's not a good reward. They'll get justice. God is a righteous judge and He will pass righteously on people who has suffer who has oppressed and made other people suffer. He will get on to the people who has caused division among other people. And I think he's actually gonna be harsher on the people who does it within the church body than those people who've done it among the unbelievers. He's definitely going to be harsher on the people who claim that they were of Him. And yet they come in and try to sow a discord and divide the body. And this ought not to be so. So we ought to go into this and figure out where I'm going with it. In Romans chapter 9, starting with verse 31. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or pearls or sword? As it is written, For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay in all these things we are more than conquered, though through him that through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor other, any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is there in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's go to the Lord's Prayer. Gracious Father, I want to thank you for the gracious Holy Word of God. Bless us with the reading and the preaching and the hearing of your Scripture. And use me as a vessel to be a mighty pin and to be a mighty trumpet for people to hear what you have to say. That they can have their lives enriched with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that they can be reminded what it means to have the love of God within them. Thank you for blessing us with the gracious love of God. To your gracious holy name I pray. Amen. My title is going to be, Who Shall Separate Us from the Love of God? And many, many, many people is doing their very best to separate us from the love of God. The devil is doing his darndest to separate us from the love of God. And you could probably ask, now how does that even happen? It's like It could be in a form of just simple anger and I'm telling you with everything that's going on right now there's a lot of reason why we should be angry but at the same time we need to stand strong and learn to love one another but I'm telling you there's a whole lot of reason why we need to be angry but don't let that anger conquer you but let the love of God conquer your whole being that you are able to present to the world as a light to the rest of the darkness that lives in this world. And I will say, who can separate us from the love of God? Verse 31, What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spareth not His own Son, but deliver Him up for us all, How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Not even God himself spared his son from the crucifixion of the cross. And yet he will not even spare us for the judgment, I mean for the tribulation that we must go through that we may live in light and love him eternally. Who shall lay all these things? Who shall lay any of these charges against the God elect? It is God that justifies. The Bible speaks that the devil is the accuser, and he is definitely going out there and trying to accuse God's people that they are worthless, they are deplorable, that they are not worthy of the kingdom of God. And yet, Jesus Christ is the one that stands on the right hand of God being an intercession between us and God's anger. And He's able to appease God's anger through His crucifixion, His sacrifice that was done on the cross. So who can separate us from the love of God? I know I haven't answered that question yet. Who is He that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, Who is even at the right hand of God? Who also maketh intercession for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or pearls, or sword? And if you're not, my footnote got on there. Instead of the word sword, wars. We've already heard so many different wars going on. And we've already know there's been a lot of tribulation. We've already know there's been a lot of perils. There's people out there that is willing to kill their own child for their own selfish desire to not have a child because it's inconvenient for them. And yet there's people out there that want to defend them for doing that, saying it's not our right to even voice our opinion on it. And all we ought to say, it's not simply our opinion, it is the Word of God saying, thou shalt not kill. Right. Right. And yet, they don't want to listen to what God has to say, and yet that is where their judgment, it's coming to them, and they will receive their just reward. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's all the pearl that's going on here. Many people out there, and I don't think I need to say anymore about homosexuality, that it has... Uh, uh, that had degraded the sanctity of marriage. There's no point for anybody to get married now. If you're not a believer, there's no point in it. There's nothing that protects you from it. There's nothing in it. Marriage has nothing to do except you get tax debate. That's it. Or rebate, whatever. Tax deductible, whatever. To get a benefit from your taxes. I care less about the tax stuff if they wanted their tax up, give it to them. Who cares? But don't call what they have marriage. It's God it's that who's joined man and woman to be man and wife, husband and wife. It's God who does the joining in the marriage. And they want to argue and say God didn't set up marriage, and they don't even think about God has created both Adam and Eve and joined them together. Adam was perfect for Eve and Eve was perfect for Adam. Sure, they were the only two people on the earth. But God created them. Do you not think that God knows exactly what each one of them need? Right. Of course. So he created them and joined them together. And it's quite frankly, people say how we quote how let no uh, uh, it is for a man to leave uh, their mother and father and joined together with their wife. They think we're quoting the uh, the New Testament. Because Jesus did say that. It's in Genesis. It's in Genesis chapter 3 or 4, whatever chapter it was. God did that. He joined. See, that's what the issue is going on. Now here's the thing. The devil wants to use this to make you more angry. Now we have the right to be angry, but at the same time we cannot let that anger overtake us and just... I just want to be mad at everybody in the world. We could be angry at what's going on. We could be angry at what the devil has accomplished already. And I'm telling you, if the devil wanted to win and have this country split, he's won. If the devil wanted people to actually have their child be offered up as a sacrifice and call it abortion, he won. If the devil wanted the idea of marriage to be muddled down and washed out where nobody knows what it means anymore, he won. If the devil wants the light of the gospel to be squinched out and darkened out and nobody wants to pay it to it anymore, he won. But have no fear. God shall preserve you. And he even has spoken this in Revelation if you've not read it that he would keep a remnant of the people. Now, who that remnant is, that's a a debate thing, depending on, but that's not my point. He's always preserving a remnant. Whether we're in the last days or not, he's always preserving a remnant. I know you all agree with me because you're here. You are the remnant in this darkness. And here's the thing. This world has never been. There's always been sin and darkness that was covering this world. And I'm speaking this on a spiritual sense. I'm not talking physically. But this world has been in darkness for a very, very long time. Even before Jesus came on the scene and showed the people the way to the light. Oh, He was walking in darkness while He was on earth. The Pharisees and the other Jewish leaders did not like him because they were the workers of darkness. And he called them, you are serving your father, the devil. Before then, and you know there was a silent for 400-something years, even before the silent, were all the minor prophets and the prophets that was going out and prophesying to Israel, they were among darkness so don't think that this world used to be perfect you've got to go all the way back to genesis before eve had took of the fruit of the tree that's when it was perfect but until she took it sin right. it into the world and darkness rang ever since i know i'm being a debbie downer but there's good news with all this that's going around us, darkness surrounding us, who shall separate us from the love of God? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. I had to study that for a few minutes. Or a few... More than just a few minutes, but trying to understand what is that saying. Because it's quoting Psalm, Psalm 41, if I'm not mistaken. We, for thy sake, we are all killed all the day long. For we are as sheep accounting for slaughter. It's speaking of all of God's people. And don't say, let's talk about Jesus. That's a different, that's Psalm 51 if I'm not mistaken. I like to say if I'm not mistaken that way, if I am mistaken, at least I told you I might be mistaken. But this is Psalm 41. It was speaking of God's people. God put us in certain position where we will receive trials and we will receive such turmoil that might make us break, but yet we don't break. Because faith still lives within us. God's love still lives within us. The light of God still remained in us and preserved us to go through it. I have my share of trials. I could have left this church many years ago because of the trials I went through. I could have. But I didn't because I love this church and I love God first. And I knew if I have left, there would be some issues that would arise and would never go away and would cause the church to go deeper in the hole that they was already in. Many of you others have probably got your own instant where you could point out, oh, I could have done this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But if it wasn't for the love of God, right. I didn't go that path. I persevered. And I ran the race. I ran the race that was set before me. Who shall separate us from the love of God? And I'm telling you, this is the victory that the devil can't have. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principality, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. All these things come into it. The devil can't have victory on this. He can have victory on overtaking all the different countries in this world. But he can't have victory on God's people. He cannot have victory on being able to divide God's people from the love of God. He can't have this. He will not get victory over this. He can have all our uh, possession. He can let our house go on fire. He can, just like, like Job, the children died in that fire. With the building fell on them and died in the fire. Came. He could put boils all over us. He can give us all the coronavirus if He wants to. But He cannot have the victory on separating us from the love of God. That's where He will lose. And get this, that's where it counts. If I lose all my limbs, I will still give praise to God without my arms, and I will still love Him with all my being and give Him everything that He deserves. Because there's nothing that can separate me from the love of God. He can take my car. He can take my job. He can take my money. Mm -hmm. But He will never separate me from the love of God. And it's not that I love God more than He loves me. It's because He loves me more than I love Him. That's why He cannot separate us from the love of God. You try separating the love of an eternal being who is all-powerful, all-knowing, from the children that He has helped and saved and brought up to be where they're at now. You cannot fight that kind of power. Uh -uh. So He will never have victory over this. He will never win the battle of separating us from the love of God. So I ask you, church, who... Can separate us from the love of God. No one. No power. No principality. No worldview. No ideology. No politics. is going to ever separate us from the love of God. Not a one thing. And that is what we always need to hear. And I'm telling you, it gets bleak when you watch the news. And I'm like Keith, I don't watch the news. If you tell me something that happened, even local news, I'll be like, when did that happen? I don't watch the news. I don't have anybody like Keith have where Eugene is telling him everything. I like it that way. I don't care. I still got people trying to give me the news and I'm overlooking it, it's like bypassing it. I don't care. Because if I pay attention to it, I'm just going to get all fired up and all mad for no reason. And it's like, what's the point? This world is not my home. I'm only passing through. And I think that's where some of the Christian has fallen. They're so focused on trying to make this their home. And not focusing the kingdom of heaven, which is at hand. And that's just unfortunate. We can just pray. We can tell them the message of who can separate us from the love of God. Because this passage right here, just simply put it out there that all this stuff is going on. It doesn't matter because there is nothing that is going to split us and take it asunder from the love of God. And we thank Christ Jesus our Lord that He was able who suffer and died and bring forth this great love in us. So church, I ask you again, who can separate us from the love of God?